You're listening to The Jill Monaco Show, episode number 41. Welcome to The Jill Monaco Show. I'm your host, Jill. Each week, I hope to bring you a message that inspires, encourages, or challenges you to go after and live a life you love. Join me and my friends as we explore what it means to love God, love ourselves, and love others. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Here we go. to the Jill Monaco show, everyone. I am your host, Jill, and I'm so glad that you're tuning in today because you're going to get to hear from my friend, Lisa Bishop, and she and I are going to talk about living your best life right now. We're both passionate coaches and speakers, so it may be tough to keep our conversation short today, but I am excited for you to learn from her as she shares how to live an unhindered life and go after all God has for you. Now, Lisa is the director of women's ministry at Park Community Church in Chicago. Before joining Park's ministry team, she worked in corporate America for 20 years in consulting, training, and coaching. Lisa's passion and life's mission is to be a catalyst and a cheerleader for women as they grow in biblical literacy, spiritual maturity, and in experiencing and reflecting the heart of God. She's the founder of the Living a Life Unleashed podcast and Living a Life Unleashed LLC, a company providing training and coaching that's dedicated to unleashing others to play full out and live fully into who they were created to be. Yes. Can you see why she is my kind of inspirational friend? I bet you can. She is committed to pursuing a life that is unhindered and unleashed, using her God-given talents for the glory of God, and she leads others to do the same. So I think you're hearing a theme here. She's unhindered. And because she lives what she preaches, she is so extremely amazing. Lisa, of course, lives in Chicago near me, so we get together once in a while. Uh, she's single. She loves adventure. She's been to more continents than I have, I think six or seven. And her favorite food, this is what, if we ever get together, we could eat this all day long, are both of our favorites, chips and guacamole, just to throw in a little random tip about Lisa. So I'm so excited for you to get to listen to my friend. Let's head over to that conversation. Lisa, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. Hey, Jill. It's awesome. I love... I always love talking to you because you're like the shimmy in my shake and like my, my <laughs> caffeine for the day. Just your voice is like soothing and like vibrant at the same time. So I'm, I'm glad to be hanging out with you today. Uh, thank you. I don't even remember the first question I want to ask because that was so kind. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. Well, we already talked about the fact that we'll just talk and it's going to be fun anyway. So whatever you ask me, we're good. Totally. You know, um, I was trying to remember... I think a friend of ours, our friend Renee, is the one that introduced us. Isn't that right? Yeah, I remember. Gosh, this was many years ago. Renee, seriously, probably for maybe six or seven years before you and I met, kept saying, you've got to meet my friend, Jill. I really think you guys would hit it off and you have similar passions. And so <laughs> it, it only took six or seven years, but we finally <laughs> we finally got together, I think, over an Italian meal in, in Chicago somewhere and and yes. uh, you were on my podcast and just have touched base here and there. So, yeah, it was uh, 
couple of years ago. I think we finally met face to face. It's so great. And now that we're in the same city, just so the listeners know, like, yeah, we're kind of in the same city, but Chicago's big and we don't get together often enough. But so some of what she's going to share today, I haven't actually heard these stories. So I'm excited to catch up um, and everyone else can eavesdrop on our conversation. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds fun. So um, we could talk about so many things, but, you know, I was like you said, I was on your podcast and we were talking about singleness and freedom coaching and and I encourage people to check that out. I'll leave that link in the show notes. But what I really love about you is your heart to help people grow into their best selves. And you do that, of course, leading women's ministry at Park, um, and you also do it with coaching. And so I would love the listeners to know just a little bit of your heart about that. Like, how did that passion come? And Or maybe just explain why you're passionate about that. Yeah, you know, it's really fascinating. So I, I would say growing up, I was a little bit clueless on like life and what I wanted my mission to be, which I think many of us maybe can relate to that. And um, right out of college, my first year out of college, by the grace of God, literally, I did not grow up in a Christian home, um, but went to college, graduated out of college. First job was with a company called Dale Carnegie Training, which is um, human relations training, public speaking, interpersonal skills, like a lot of like what it means to help people like unleash their greatness. And so I worked for them. And within two or three years, a a gal, Kathy was on staff and she loved and followed Jesus and shared her faith with me simply by being who she was. Like she wasn't weird or anything like that. She just naturally, her faith was such a big part of who she was. It just, it just came out in conversation and it was, I was really curious. And to make a long story short, I became a follower of Christ at my first job out of college, but because a coworker shared the gospel with me. And I, and I say that to anybody listening, like we all have coworkers, no matter where we work, even if we're a mom working in the home, we work with, you know, we have play dates with other moms and just an encouragement to really, to, to not hold back, letting the gospel show in our lives, because it could literally be transformational Mm. for someone like it was for me. And I share that story because Dale Carnegie training really was the spark for me where I began began to get this taste of what it was like to do training and coaching in such a way that was present with people and their struggles and relationships and what, you know, what maybe they wanted to grow in relationally or in their self-confidence. And I saw people blossom and Mm. bloom. And I was able to have conversations with people that their, their confidence literally transformed their lives and how they showed up in the world. And also the massive Uh, transformation that people saw in relationships. I thought, oh my gosh, this, this is what I was created for. So I I learned of that early out of college in that first job. And it's just been something that has grown in me and that the fan of, of that desire and that passion has been flamed for the last, you know, fan, the, the flame has been fanned for the last 20 years. Wow. What are some of the resources that have most impacted you and books or anything, you know, programs, what's in, like what's impacted you and that you would recommend to others to continue on that kind of journey? Oh my goodness. That is such a loaded question. Well, I, I love the Dale Carnegie courses. I think they're still awesome. I currently uh, also am a consultant for Franklin Covey and Franklin Covey. It's, it's um, not the, but the program isn't Christian based or the thing that they offer, but they have a lot of awesome principles. And so I I highly recommend you take responsibility for your learning 
and enroll in programs that aren't just going to teach you like job skills, but teach like life skills. And, and we're always growing. I'm, you know, at, at one point I think you think you stop growing or, you know, how could I learn any more about who I am or, you know, self-awareness, et cetera, but it is a constant journey. So, and there's, there's books that I have read that have helped me uh, along the way. Um, goodness, I'm, I'm spacing on, oh, one of John Ortberg's books. If you want to walk on water, you have to get out of the boat. I've read that. That's a good Isn't one. A, it's, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, he's got another book that I'm spacing on the name of it, but it's kind of a play on the, the Dr. Seuss book on all the places you will go. But so if you look at my bookshelf, actually, it's really easy to peg my passions. There's leadership Mm -hmm. books and there's books on how to like unearth and live, live your passion. And so I would just say, yeah, be an avid learner, always have a beginner's mindset and really take responsibility for your learning. That's good. You know, if um, after this podcast, you could email me some of the names of the books that you'd recommend since, you you know, sometimes when I I put you on the spot with that and then I'll put it in the show notes so people can kind of have a little bit of a resource of things. Because I think there's a lot of people right now that at least in my circle, it's either just because that's where I'm at or it's because maybe it's a move of God right now that people are really trying to tune into their authentic self and and just go live their best life, just like I said earlier. Yeah, absolutely. And you're, you're probably familiar with Brene Brown's work. I yeah. really, I have a, I have a lot of respect for the work that she's put out on. Shame is one of the main things that she researches, and shame yeah. can be one thing that keeps us from living our life unleashed because shame and fear and so forth. And and then one book I'll throw in there real quick, um, Lena Abujamra, who is also yeah. on my podcast, and you know her as well. She wrote a book, Resolved, and it's specifically geared towards the the Christian faith and really how to live your faith with resolve. So I think it's important to get a, a, a good balance of learning. Absolutely. And it's not just Christian um, learning either. I mean, Brene Brown, I believe is, I've heard is a believer, but she's not writing to a Christian audience specifically. So there's lots of different resources that we can learn from. Um, and speaking of Lena, she was on my podcast a couple of weeks ago. So everyone oh, can go check that out as well. Yeah. She's amazing. Highly recommend listening to that episode. I'm sure it was great. Yeah, she's doing great things in Syria. So she just gotten back from a trip and we were talking about how she was helping this, not in Syria, but helping the Syrian refugees. So that's awesome. She's amazing. Another amazing woman. That's right. There's a couple of us here in Chicago. Woot woot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and, you know, you took your, your coaching and then you went from, what was the job you had right before you went into ministry? Was it working um, in the yeah. field? So that, that was working. Actually, that was like a sales and marketing position for, I, I worked for a company, uh, Conair Consumer Products Company. And so it really, it took me out of the everyday training, coaching, consulting world. Mm-hmm. But because training and coaching is in my DNA, that just naturally happens. And I yeah. you know would coach people on the side. So I've been in the, the business world for 20 years and then got called out of uh, the corporate arena about eight years ago. And that's how I landed on staff at Park Community Church. And Park is, has how many campuses now? I mean, it's pretty spread out over the city. Yeah, I think we have, I think we have eight. We had nine, which one went independent. So we still, that's still part of, uh, you know, our, our launch family. But um, yeah. I think we have, we have eight right now. Yeah, God is really good. You know, he's, he's, uh, he's faithful. And there's some, you know, 
the the pastors in those areas are just doing some really hard work for the gospel. They're really inspiring. That's awesome. And so you're in charge of women's ministry. So what is your heart? Um, I know that we've talked about how it changes. Like you're, you receive fresh vision from the Lord and you know, a lot of um, ministries have a main vision, but you're always trying to, what's God saying now? What can I do for the women now? So what would you say you're seeing the Lord do in the lives of women right now? Yeah. So, you know, a, a theme is uh, the idea of relationship, like the desire for a relationship or, you know, even marry women. And what 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 is um, biblical integrity, how to live our lives? You know, God says that our our bodies are our temples. And so uh, a lot around sexuality. I just had uh, Julie Slattery, who is another amazing woman. She has a an organization called Authentic Intimacy. And I brought her in. She's a friend of mine. And that's probably about a month or so ago. We had about 400 women come out and hear Julie talk about biblical um, uh, integrity as it relates to our sexuality and, and, and really create this safe place to talk about these things that we're pretty much have this notion that you're not supposed to talk about in church. Oh, I can't talk about sex. I can't talk about masturbation. I can't talk about um, like longing and what to do with that. And so it was just God, the Holy Spirit, the people are still talking about it because, mm. you know, one thing we have to do as followers of Christ and one thing that we need to do for each other's women is create the safe place to be able to dialogue about things that we're wrestling with, the things that we have questions about, the things that matter. And so that's really my my passion is to create those spaces, but yeah, the, the topic on sex, sexuality, um, purity, what that, you know, what does that mean? What is God's heart uh, for a relationship? I think that that is a constant theme. That's just not a current theme. That is a mm -hmm. constant theme because face it, you know, we're in this culture that's telling us pretty much something completely radically different from um, what God's design and desire is for us as his daughters. Yeah. And I think it's important for the church to have a voice in every area of our lives. It's like if we're not talking about sexuality in the church, then we're only learning about it from places outside of the church. Right. Absolutely. We need to be having these these taboo topics that we should be talking about them in the context of community and at and at church. And I think I think unfortunately these days, you know, less and less people are coming to church. You don't see the value of it. But I also think like I want church to be this place and it was created to be this place where you're allowed to be messy. And I just think that we, yeah. I think that it's turned into, I have to look like I have it all together. And, and so, you know, how do we, how do we be in community with one another and just, you know what, let, let the messiness out because, you know, God even says in his word that, you know, confess your sins to one another and they will be healed. And so I think because of shame, because of all these other things, because taboo can't talk about that. A lot of us are, you know, living with, you know, this, this internal dialogue and, and these, these, these things that are just really hindering us. Yeah. And you had mentioned a couple of times now, shame. Um, and I think that's a big one that, you know, there might be guilt, which is true things that we've done wrong. And the Holy Spirit comes along and convicts in order for us to confess our sin. But then it's after that, that the spirit of shame wants to come in and say, what you did is who you are. It's no longer mm. just what you did, but it's who you are. And we want to hide, you know, from uh, from being authentic with people because we're not sure we'll be accepted for the thing we did when that's not who we are. 
it's just something that happened or maybe we engaged in, but it doesn't define who we are. We're defined by who Jesus says we are. Right. Absolutely. And I think we have to do a better job as as sisters of one, not being afraid of each other's sin because we all have it. Right. And not being the ones that kind of heap shame on other people too. remember all of sin and falling short of the glory of God. I knew I do every day I have, you know, in my thoughts or if I'm impatient or whatever the case may be. And so, yeah, shame. And, and you said it well, is is shame moves from like, I did something bad to I am bad. And you know what? Right. God says that you're redeemed, you're restored, you're renewed um, by the blood of Jesus. And so you, you mm-hmm. like as followers of Jesus, we're covered, but it is this constant battle of, of not, not allowing shame to hold us back and tell us lies about, Hey, I'm not good enough, or I'm, you know, I'm not worthy enough or whatever the case is. And just, it keeps us stuck and, and keeps us, it, again, keeps us uh, from not you know, being unleashed and living fully into who God created us to be. Absolutely. What would you say to people who are struggling with something like that? Like, what do you say to the women in, in uh, that you lead at Park? Yeah. Well, I think the first thing is to not say anything and to listen. Um, mm. I think of, oftentimes we can be so to um, want to advise or fix. And I don't, I don't know about you, Jill. I don't want to be fixed. I really yeah. don't. Yeah. I don't, I, actually, I, I don't want to be fixed. Sometimes we need advice, but I think more often than not, you know, people are looking for someone who will genuinely sit in that space with them and be like, really be a good um, empathetic listener. And sometimes I think that we think that listening means that we're saying what a person did is okay. Whatever the case is, it's like, no, like if someone's coming to you, just create that safe space where they, they can have, like they can confess. And, and if they, if they want advice, there's space for that. But I think automatically sometimes we go into advice mode or correcting and you know, there there's a time and space for that. But be a good listener first and get in step with that woman, really love and care about her rather than being so concerned about correcting off the bat. That's good. You know, it reminds me of something I learned in some counsel- a counseling class I went to, which was when someone's discouraged, the Bible says to encourage the discouraged. Mm. It doesn't say teach them. It doesn't say rebuke them. Because if you do that, it's going to hurt the person who just needs encouragement. Not that teaching won't come later. But when someone's rebellious, you found Jesus rebuking them. And when somebody was ignorant, you'd find him teaching them. But the discouraged, he brought comfort and compassion. And I think what you're saying is let people know that you're a safe place to be so that they can be heard and that they can be loved because that's what Jesus does for us. He just loves us in the middle of our mess. Right, right. And I think the other thing is, is we have to remind each other of who we are. Yeah. And, and if we, and also remind each other of who we are, you know, why we are created and remind each other or encourage one another to, to understand or get more clear on as, of like, what, who am I committed to showing up in, in, mm-hmm. in, as in the world as, and who am I committed to being? And, you know, what do I really uh, want for my life or what, what I really know is God's heart's from, heart, heart for me. And that could be, remind when you remind me and I'm coming to you with these things that I may be, you know, doing that are, are hindering that I'm reminded like you rather than, so I don't know if you're familiar with Graham cook. I think he, <laughs> I do. He has, I love oh, we've, him. T- we've talked about him. Yeah. 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 We, have, we have a crush on him anyway. Uh, anyway, kind of. Thank you. Let's, let's clarify that. Yes. At any rate, um, I love what he says about, um, about this topic. He says, you know, 
The the first go-to is not to call people out on their sin. Call them up to who they are in Christ. Amen. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that distinction. So if I'm if I'm be more committed to reminding people of how God sees them as holy and loved and chosen, that he doesn't withhold any good thing, be more committed to pulling out the greatness of who people already are because God is in them than we are about calling them out on their stuff all the time. And I think sometimes yeah. we think we think it's our role as Christians to call people out on their sin all the time. And it's like, call people up first, remind them of who yeah. they are. Cause the gospel is way more compelling than me calling you out on who you are or who you're not being. Amen. And I think it works that way with kids. You know, if we, whatever we tell them, they will become. Mm-hmm. And I was having a sweet conversation with my niece. She's nine. And we're talking about school and being smart. And I just started telling her who her family's legacy was. And I said, do you know grandma and grandpa are really smart? And then I Mm -hmm. told her how her parents were smart. And I said, you come from this family line. You are smart. And then I, you know, so I just encouraged her who she was, not, oh, you can be or you can do better in school. And it was interesting because her eyes got really big. And she was like, it was like, the first time, mm-hmm. and I know her mommy tells her she's beautiful and smart, and my sister's so good. She's such a good mom. But it was like hearing it, we don't realize the impact we have, not just in our immediate family, but on everybody. If we will say, this is what I see in you, even if they're not living up to that potential yet, we're telling them this is your destiny. God does that with me, and he does it with you. He like The word is full of all the promises and all the things of you know who we are in Christ. Not that we're that exactly or perfectly, but if I know and I hear that that's who I am, I will live up to that. So I think that's yeah. what you're saying. Well, totally, because, you know, God says he already determines who we are. Our challenge mm-hmm. is, you know, in the old self is gone, the new has come. The challenge mm-hmm. is to remind each other and encourage one of the day, uh, one another daily, First Thessalonians 5.11, to live up and into that. And, and I think you yeah. said something that sparked something for me too, is, you know what, as followers of Jesus, we don't just keep this encouraging in the in our holy huddles, we look, we, people we come in contact with every day, whether they're followers or not, are made in the image of God. So how, how can I ask the Holy Spirit to help me even see the most difficult people, which that's really hard, but in the image of God, so that I'm, I'm calling out like the, the, the goodness in them as well and, and, and encouraging them. So Amen. Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me of when, and you know about this, I've mentioned it a couple of times in the podcast, just real briefly, but when I went on my journey across country and I would just go wherever God said to go, and I did that for eight months straight the first time, um, I would just ask God, like, what do you see in the barista at Starbucks or Mm. what, you know, just strangers. And I would just, you know, ask, like, how can I encourage them? And, you know, whether you want to say it was the Holy Spirit that gave me a word for them or it was just an idea that came to my mind. I always think my ideas are never that great. So it has to be Jesus. Because Mm -hmm. when I would go up to the barista or whoever, and I can think of this one lady right now, I can see her. I was in Nashville and I just told her some things about herself. I was like, Mm. you know, you're really, you know, I'll make this up now, but like, you're a great listener and people really look up to you. And, um, and I said, I just, I see that on you and you're so kind to me today, but I think it goes beyond that. And so I just encouraged her again. I don't remember the exact words and her eyes filled with tears. Mm. And she's like, I really needed that today. Wow. Anytime I've encouraged someone that I see this on you or I see this in you, they never reject you. They're always touched. And if we'll just take the chance that that might be God for them, 
like I probably walked away having a way better day. <laughs> you know, yeah, she yeah. probably was touched, but I was like, God, thank you that you let me be a part of that person's story. We have no idea the seeds we plant. What will happen with that? I think oh of the people gosh. in my life that said things over me that I was like, I don't see that. But I was like, well, I might start believing it. And then mm -hmm. who I am today is truly because of words that people said over me throughout my life, whether yeah, it's good I'm, or bad. Right. And we're commanded to love God and love others. So what a what a way to lo love people that like that's like we exist on this planet to display the glory of God and God's glory is in giving life giving words to other people. The other thing Amen. I wanted to say real quickly too is, um, you know, about like how when, when women come to me or they want to talk about things is, and I mentioned this briefly, but um, reminding them or asking them. So for example, if, if a woman were to come to me and say, I'm really struggling with sexual sin or, you know, I'm, you know, I really want to be married and there don't seem to be any Christian, good Christian guys out there. And so I, you know, I'm dating non-Christian guys. I just, I remember or, or, have them be reminded of and remember or think about like what if God said like tomorrow or next week that he had a guy for you and he was a solid Christian dude, would you wait? And most often the answer is yes. So it, it's, mm -hmm. I'm not saying that God has that, but the, the idea is, is, you know, all of your current circumstances aside, if you were really to think about in your heart of hearts and your, and in your mind, what you really want, you know, this relationship or marriage or job, whatever, what, what elements of that are really critical to you? What would they be? And so, you know, oftentimes we just, we, we go off course because, yeah. you know, we're impatient or whatever the case is. But if I'm reminded of, oh, you know what, I like, I do want to be this person or this is the kind of marriage I want or whatever the case is, then we remind ourselves and just encourage ourselves to, you know, and other people to, to stay the course in that. And is what you're, what you're doing now, is that getting you anywhere within the realm of what your true heart's desire is? And oftentimes the answer is no. And so it's reminding of people of who they are and reminding people of like what really matters. That's good. Good word. So, you know, we've talked a little bit about how we as leaders can help other people, um, but let's take a little bit of a shift. Um, so if you're the person that is trying to live full out and you're struggling with that, what do you think is the number one thing that gets in people's way of living full out? Yeah, I think fear, which is probably um, an answer that is uh, an obvious one. I think fear gets in the way. And I also think confusion gets in the way because oftentimes, mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of hard to figure out what we want to do in life so to speak. And so mm -hmm. I think that the the first thing that I've learned, gosh, probably in the last five, 10 years or so is, you know, what we're doing, clearly we have a level of giftedness towards things that God has gifted us with. I think what's even more important is who I'm being and who I'm being is, is in any situation, any job, any relationship. So first committing to like, who am I committed to being and how am I committed to showing up in the world, no matter, you know, regardless of what I'm doing. And, and then to really pray about, read books, pay attention to what are the things that tug on my heart that, you know, I get a little skip in my step or I feel a little bit more energy and, and energized around. So it's, I think, becoming more clear on that. But then, you know, when maybe when we land on something or we're, you know, kind of feel like we're, we're close to something that we might be passionate about, fear can get in the way a ton. Like, the, the lies that come in of, oh, who are you to think that you could do that? Yeah. Or, you know, 
feelings of insecurity. You know, I'm not good enough. So fear is something I think we all battle with. And it's, yeah. So I I would say that's the first, the first thing that's a showstopper. Yeah. And so you gave some really good tips of even how to get out of that mindset. But I want to remind people what you said earlier too, which is like invest in yourself and study Mm -hmm. and read and make a decision. And here's the coach in me coming out, which I know you'll agree. Like we have to sometimes just make a decision to do something and do it, even if we don't feel like it, you know, it's like going to the gym. Like, I'm just going to do this because I know I don't feel like it right now. But once I get there, I'll be glad I did. And a year from now, I'll be so glad I did. So I think it's just about showing up. It is showing up. And oftentimes, you know, we have this image of what we, you know, want to do or want something to look like. And we want to take like this massive leap forward. And I think, unfortunately, like social media and some of the, you know, cheerleading gurus of motivational speaking it, it's great to to have motivational speaking, but sometimes we get this false notion that it has to look a certain way or it has to be like this this massive thing right away. And and yeah. what we don't see is is you we've heard this term like people's highlight reels. Like there yeah. was a lot of you know there were a lot of a lot of other things that happened on the way to that person's you know success. But exactly, I agree with you that we have to take the the quote unquote baby steps in front of us and trust that God is in control. And that he's guiding and keep listening and heeding the Holy Spirit prompts. So these, yeah. like the Holy Spirit prompts me to, I don't know, I can't think of an example right now. And rather than saying, well, that doesn't make sense. Well, if the Holy Spirit prompted you, like do it because we never know where the Spirit is leading. So, you know, don't avoid the baby steps. Say yes whenever the Holy Spirit prompts because God is guiding and leading. And it's also, I think, being patient and trusting in the process because sometimes it can take, it could take years. Like for example, when I was trying to really figure out what my, my, my ultimate passion was in life and where I wanted that to be played out seven years before this opportunity to be on staff and really invest, um, in, in the lives of women as my, as my job, seven years prior to that opportunity coming on the scene and years prior to that, I had been praying about like, Lord, what is my passion? What is my purpose? And I got a glimmer of it early on, as I was saying in my first job out of college, but I thought, how is this thing going to play itself out? Mm-hmm. Because, and, and it wasn't until seven years after I got this aha moment of, man, if I could get paid to do life with women, that would be amazing. And of course I'm like, who's get paid, you know, who gets paid <laughs> to do that? That's absolutely ridiculous. But then it was seven years later where this job came on the scene. So you, like, yeah. it could take years, but the, the keep, keep in it, keep pursuing, keep praying, keep listening, take those, take those steps that are in front of you, not knowing where they will lead. And they may lead somewhere totally different than you think they quote unquote should, but trusting that God is, he is with you. He's in the process. That's a part of, that's a part of our faith is knowing that God does not withhold. He's the giver of good things. And he, he's our biggest cheerleader and champion and want us wanting us to live full out and play fully into who he has created us to be. And so stick with it. Yeah. You know, the other thing I would add to that is that, you know, we take these little steps and we stick with it. And I think uh, when it starts to get hard, it's really easy. Like you said, look at people's highlights reels, but 
nobody really tells all the details of how they got to this place. Yeah. Because honestly, if I told everyone all the crap I had to go through, mm. can I say crap on my podcast? Yes, okay. you just all didn't. Right. I love it. Okay. Be honest. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if I told everyone all that stuff I had to go through to get to even doing this podcast or to have my own ministry, that person might say, oh, yeah, no, it's not worth the cost. And so you don't know the cost people have paid to get to that place, whether it's been financial or time-wise or, and some of the costs they may regret, like not spending enough time with family and working too much. I've definitely been guilty of that. Um, But the spiritual cost, um, the cries on your knees in prayer cost, Mm. um, there's so much. But if we really told you all the hard, you might not go after your dream. But when you're really fully passionate and you know who God's called you to be, then, or what he's called you to do, not even if you're fully convinced, even if you're just kind of convinced and you're just following a little bit. When those hiccups come, God gives you the strength and the courage to keep going. And the Lord always has to tell me whenever I have a new idea or something that I feel like he wants me to do, he has to come in and remind me. He's like, hey, Jill, Rome wasn't built in a day. Like Mm. it always takes longer than you think it will. And so there's a couple little phrases I have in my mind that God has used to remind me to be patient and to trust him in the waiting process. But as long as I keep showing up and I'm faithful, it may look different than what I thought it was, but often it's Ephesians 3, um, 20 that says it will be greater. It'll be more than we could even think or imagine. And so I kind of don't think about the results anymore. I have a direction And I kind of head that way. (laughs) And in the midst of that, I feel very like the term that you use, unleashed. Mm. Like it doesn't, if I think if we have too specific of something sometimes, all right, I'm going to contradict myself here in a second. I need to have a specific goal. But if I am so controlled about only looking a certain way, I'm not living free. And that's really being chained by performance or some idea Instead of living this life that God made you, like the whole journey is supposed to be beautiful. Yeah. And we have to have goals. But what you're saying is like, let, like, have it an open hand on how this thing plays out. Yes. If I'm so committed to it looking one way and it doesn't look that way, it's going to be, it's going to be miserable. Um, So I think it's, it's, we have, we have to have goals. Like with your Mm -hmm. podcast, you have a number of, podcasts that you want to tape in a week or a month or whatever right. case may be. And that's the discipline part. And, right. and I think sometimes we think that, oh, if it's hard, this mustn't be it. No, right. that's not the case. You have, you know, we have to stay the course. Um, and the other thing that comes to mind to me too is um, comparison. Comparison. Yes. So fear can be something that keeps us from pursuing our passion and comparison because we think, oh my gosh, well, she's gotten so far already. Like mm-hmm. I can't possibly, so I'm going to throw on the towel. And then you think there's probably 10,000 or 20,000 books written on any given topic. If one, you know, if, right. if the person number two or plus would have stopped writing, that would have not been a good thing. So it's, you know, there's probably people listening right now. I would just really encourage you. The other thing too, is I like, look for patterns. What, like, what are the things that just keep coming up? So for example, for me, in the my the Living a Life Unleashed podcast, I it was on my it kept resurfacing for me for probably five or six years, and so I'm a mm-hmm. little slow on the go, mm-hmm. and it it took me that long to put my stake in the ground and say, okay, this thing has been coming up 
so much that I'm going to go for it. And I don't yeah. even know what that means. And frankly, I, I started and then I pulled back and then, then it took me another year to re-engage in it. And so my point is, is start pay att- paying attention to like, what are the things that stir in your heart and mind? What are the things that, that the idea just will not go away? And then as we talked about earlier, start, you know, taking the steps for it towards it, have people pray for you hold it with open hands and say yes to that next act of obedience or that next thing that God is calling you to be aware that fear is going to try and give you the one, two punch. It is going to try and knock you out. And this is where we have to, you know, be in God's word, remind ourselves of his character. This is where we talk to women who are our champions to, to help us be that space of listening so we could spew out the fear and they can encourage us, you know, don't compare yourself to someone other who, else who may be better than you or farther along in the process. If God has put something on your heart, like, like it would be a, a shame for us to not like try it, like go yeah. in that direction and see where it leads. Yeah. Cause the world needs what we carry. Yes, absolutely. We, we all, we all have been given unique gifts that God wants us to express to the world so that it can in some way make a contribution to the world around us. That's so good. You know, one of the things that I was, I'm just going to say it, I was maybe jealous, envious. I don't know the right word, but I wanted what you had. (laughs) Mm. And that was a sabbatical because I know how amazing they are. And so so I mean that in the most holy way (laughs) that I wanted it. Um, And I will get one someday. But I know that when you go on a sabbatical, you just learn so much from the Lord. So tell us about what that was like for a woman who goes after stuff and sets goals and is knocking out of the park in, uh, you know, in leadership, what was it like to like slow down and take a sabbatical? Well, it's funny. I'll tell you about that, but I'll, I'll tell you first that, you know, so people, I think when they meet me or see me from afar, have this perspective, like she has it all together and, you know, she's confident and, and all these things. And while that's true, there's also parts of me that are very fearful. You talk to any one of my friends on any given day and they'll say, oh yeah, we just had to talk Lisa off the ledge today because one of the things for me in life is I just have this notion or this question of, am I getting it right? Am I doing it right? Am I getting it right? And it's this thing that drives me. And the reason I share that is because a sabbatical, no less. I have myself in a frenzy months before. Am I going to do it right? <laughs> like, what is this supposed to look like? Oh my gosh. What if I take my sabbatical and I do it all wrong? Am I, am I supposed to be like hanging out with monks for two months and shaving my hair, eating nuts and chanting the whole time? Am I supposed to wear sackcloth and ashes? And so I had myself freaked totally freaked out that I wasn't going to do it right. Um, thankfully that panic shifted and um, I had an awesome sabbatical. I, I spent a lot of time in California because I was doing this leadership development training program there that was really awesome. And then I spent three weeks, two weeks total, and then was back in California. And then another week um, in Park City and a good friend of mine has a home there and was so gracious and so generous to let me stay there. And it was really phenomenal. I did not grow up as a person liking to get sweaty and exert myself physically, but that has (laughs) changed, thank God. And I just did a ton of hiking and And it was a a time to be in the mountains, fresh, crisp air, 
time with God. And, you know, one of the themes that God really uh, taught me on that trip was this whole idea of his provision Mm -hmm. that God is always providing. Is am, Am I paying attention to his provision? And, you know, I grew up an only child. I'm 48, single, never married. I've learned to be very self-sufficient and very independent. I love contributing to other people. I have not, up until a couple months ago, been super good about allowing other people to contribute to me because I had this mentality, you know, self-sufficiency, independence. And it's funny because two weeks into my sabbatical, uh, a gal that um, I know fairly well, but, you know, it's not like we hang out all the time. She emailed me and she said, hey, I heard that you're on sabbatical feel free to log into my American Airlines account and use my miles. I was like, what? what? So, <laughs> yeah. I, my first thought was like, no way. I cannot, I could never take advantage of someone in that way. And so I, I didn't, but God started working on my heart. And that was just one example of, he's like, Hey, Lisa, would you, would you allow space one for other people to contribute to you? And two, would you just, would you see where I'm providing for you? And so so even that one gesture of mm. kindness and her listening to Holy Spirit's prompting, that enabled me like legit the first month of my sabbatical I had planned out, which is more in my nature. The second month I literally did not have planned out. I did not know where I was sleeping sometimes the next day or the next week. And her generosity, me experiencing God's provision allowed me to sometimes book tickets 24 hours in advance, which financially I would never have been able to, you know, spend wow. that kind of money. And then anything from that to um, the the people that God provided in my path. One of my fears on going on my sabbatical, I love my community. One of my fears is really being lonely. And I almost had to shut myself up and have quiet time because God provided so many amazing connections for me. Met a woman on an airplane who saved me $400 on renting a a rental car because she and her husband were going to give me a ride from the airport, total stranger. So to somewhere to to sleep, I ended up finding out a friend that used to go to my church years ago, lived in the exact same town I was staying in. And so I was able to stay with her for a week and a half and save on hotel expenses. So it was like, God, you're so cool. And just reminding myself being aware and open to like God is providing on a daily basis, not always in like material ways, but like in, in every way. So being really present to that and really being grateful for it too. Oh, it's so good. Um, I had that on my journey too. When I went, uh, wherever he said, just, I don't know where I'm staying tomorrow night, but God always worked it out. And it sounds crazy to do that, but it starts to be fun because you know, God's going to show up. You know, and totally. And I think that's really helped me in other areas of my life where I can't solve something. Mm. I'm like, oh, well, he'll figure it out. And even if he doesn't, you know, what's the worst case scenario? You know, one time I was I was super excited to sleep in my car because I thought I'm going to sleep in my car tonight. (laughs) You know, I'm going to have a great story. You know, people are going to feel sorry for me. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I didn't know that about you. That's really funny that I don't know if I would do that. But maybe if it were in like Montana where the stars were out or something like that. But, you know, what you're saying reminds me of we have to create margin in our life for God. Like God's always showing up. But for, for us to be able to see he's showing up and that. Yeah, so yeah, creating that margin, not being so self-sufficient, not thinking we're the mm-hmm. ones that have to have it figured out. It's like, look, give give God some elbow room. Like he, yes. you know, he, wa- he wants to reveal himself. 
Absolutely. And God really ruined my story because he provided a place for me to stay that night. And I was like, oh my darn gosh. it. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. I love it. And it was probably, I'm, I'm guessing, like down to the final wire, maybe. Yeah, it was. It was. So he's so fun. Um, even when he ruins our, our, you know, what we think is going to be a great story, he makes it a better one. So well, I was thinking it ended up that you stayed in your car and that was like a story in itself but (laughs) no no and I was in California so I guess I could have but no I ended up some nice people offered me their house you know (laughs) wow amazing that's amazing um so you mentioned um in an email to me that you're really learning to lean in say more about that yeah I think it goes around this this fear thing of leaning into fear, leaning into the unknown, letting go of control, and I'm just really being open-handed. Mm. Yeah. So, so leaning into, you know, what God has in front of me, and you know, not shrinking back in fear. We talked about that a little bit earlier, like fear of inadequacy, et cetera. Like, there's things in life that want to cause us to run or walk away. And I think actually when I was emailing you, the the other thing I was talking about is um, specifically leaning into not only difficult circumstances, but difficult mm-hmm. relationships. Mm. And um, man, I've just had a doozy of a relationship that uh, with a, it not a romantic relationship, just a, um, another relationship where I've known this person for probably about 10 years. And maybe within the last four, we've been up in each other's space a little bit more and it's been really, really hard. And Mm -hmm. I think in our human nature, and actually I would say not in my human nature, my human nature actually is to lean into difficult relationships and to lean into difficult situations, but I'm just not one to give up super easy. And I had a friend the other day, look at me and like, man, you're super loyal. You have like a lot of perseverance. I would have given up on this a long time ago. And so I don't know if it's a blessing or a curse, but (laughs) uh, yeah, God has given me just the the desire to to lean in and to persevere and to be super loyal in relationships. So I think the the leaning in relationally has um, really played itself out and where I've, even though the other person has many times made gestures that they wanted to just kind of like wash their hands of the relationship and just say, oh, we just don't click and kind of write it off. I've been like, no, I actually want to stay in this. I think that God has something for us in this. I think this is sanctifying work. And I'm just not willing yeah. and ready to give up yet because I there's things for me to lean into and learn. And hopefully that there's things for you to lean into and learn. And that person, I don't think, I think they thought it was all me, but we've actually by me continuing to lean in and by the power of the Holy Spirit and confession, because I haven't been holy and blameless in the relationship. I saw a massive shift in the last three weeks where I like the relationship is, just completely shifted in a positive Mm. direction um, because of that, you know, leaning into what's difficult. And so there are probably things that listeners are, are thinking about right now, maybe a difficult situation or relationship where you're just inclined to run. And I would just really encourage you to seek the Holy spirit, seek your part in it. Psalm 139 says, you know, search me, oh God, and know my heart, test me, know my anxious thoughts, see if there's any unclean way in me and lead me in the way, uh, lead me in the way everlasting. And so, you know, pray that God searches your heart to see what you need to own and you know, keep, yeah. keep leaning in because I think, you know, even if this person was to continue to resist the relationship, we don't have to be best friends, but you know, I want to know that, that I'm like, I've done that all, all that I can in this relationship to be who God has called me to be. And maybe the outcome wouldn't be that the relationship totally turned around like this one has, but you know, Mm -hmm. how do we keep leaning into difficult things? 
That's so good. I remember somebody saying that there's just no relationship that keeps going on and on without forgiveness at some mm. level. And oh so my gosh. We, we have to forgive ourselves and each other in order for there to be a lasting relationship. It's just, oh, right? Daily, 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 daily. Sometimes forgiveness is daily and sometimes confession is daily because, you know, in this leaning in process, let me, I had a lot of hatred and bitterness. Like, you know, hatred and bitterness is a real thing. And I'm like, oh, I should have gotten it over, you know, gotten over that and forgiven a lot more quickly. And, you know, sometimes it's it's a process, uh, but forgiveness yeah. is a is a huge a huge part of it. And I think, you know, more than forgiving myself, I don't know. I think more that is, is allowing myself to receive the forgiveness that God extends to me on a daily basis. And that because I'm extended forgiveness and that forgiveness is what saved my butt on the cross. Um, yeah. that I, like I extend that to other people. Yeah. And I don't think there is a life unleashed without you making some messes along the way. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> we're just going to make mistakes as we're learning, right? Oh my gosh. My cousin, she's 20 or gosh, she's not 20 anymore. She's like 34 or something. And, and she's had a really hard life and, you know, we've like, we're, we're super close. And she always tells me, you are the most amazing person on the planet. There is no one like you. And I'm like, Crystal, call <laughs> up a coworker, call up a friend they will tell you that I, that is, so she has like this totally false perspective. My point is, is, oh my gosh, girl, I am a jerk. A lot of the times I'm doing cleanup in relationships on a pretty consistent basis. And so I have mm. mess. And if anybody wants to know about it, I am happy to tell you about it. But I think that's the other thing is that we have to, you know, not focus on our messes, but also let other women, other people know that, yeah, like life is messy. I'm messy. And and that I think helps with the whole shame too, because they're like, oh my gosh, I'm not alone. Sometimes I'll call up a friend. And I'm like, I'm having this really evil thought. Am I alone in that? And they're like, no, you're not. I'm like, thank you that I'm not <laughs> alone and being a mess sometimes. Yeah, I love it. I think the whole theme of what we've wanted to talk about is just living our best life. And that means not only having goals and all those coaching things, but what I love about the things that you've said in the second half of this podcast is living an authentic life, mm. vulnerable, um, true, just, you know, knowing your weaknesses and admitting them. I just, you are a beautiful human being, my friend. Well, I appreciate that. You know, and authenticity and vulnerability can be difficult. They are difficult because maybe some of us have, have shared things in the past and it hasn't gone the way we, we wanted to just talk about leaning, keep leaning into being transparent and vulnerable and being transparent and vulnerable and authentic. Doesn't mean like we like put all our stuff out on social media or like right. you know, saying, but find a couple of people that you can practice that transparency and vulnerability with. Cause that, that's what we respond to. We respond to the humanity in one another as well. Yeah. Right. Authentic and vulnerable doesn't mean that you only do it on social media. And if you're not doing it there, that you're not doing those things. You do those right. things in the people that you have relationship with and in your community, social media. And we're, we should have been authentic and vulnerable before social media even came around. So, <laughs> Oh my gosh. And I don't even know if that's authentic and vulnerable. I think it's just become, we won't go, we won't go there, but the idea of authenticity and vulnerability, um, someone said this to me and I was like, Hmm, is it doesn't mean that we say everything that's on our mind all the time. Yeah. Um, authentic and vulnerable means like just being authentic and vulnerable and, and being willing to, to share the not so pretty packaged up messy parts of myself with, you know, with other people. Yeah. 
Right. Well, we're going to close with this question. Are there any new mantras that you have right now that are helping you go to the next level of being unleashed? Gosh, you know what? Stay the course, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. When, when I just, you know, I get fearful or um, discouraged. I had someone actually on episode one of my podcast, a really good friend of mine said something incredibly hurtful that I literally wept for two days Mm. and it was super discouraging. And I just had to tell myself, stay the course. God has laid this on your heart. Stay the course. God's voice is more important than any other voice that will try and speak to you. So that that would be the first one. And the other thing is um, when when fear comes, act in spite of it. You know, if it's from mm-hmm. God, you know, we've heard this courage is not the absence of fear, but it's acting in spite of it. So when I'm fearful, it's like, what is God calling me to do and trusting and trusting? And then, you know, keep my eyes firmly fixed on the one who created me. That's good. Keep keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. His voice matters, you know, and, and fear him above fearing other people. Because one thing I wrestle with too is the approval of man. And I want to be more, I want to be more excited about and more committed to the approval of God than I am to the, to the approval of man. So th- those are just a handful of things. Those are three really good ones. So if anyone's forgotten any of those, we will leave those in the show notes um, on the website so you can (laughs) remember those and um, say them for yourselves. So Lisa, thank you so much for being on my podcast today. This was great. Oh my gosh. Amazing. As always, like super easy to talk with you. As you said early in the, in the podcast, I could talk to you forever. You're just a total delight. And I just, Jill, I love what you're up to. You are you are a picture of perseverance and just being on mission for God. You're so filled with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit like mm-hmm. super overflows with you anytime that I'm in your presence. So grateful for your sister. I, I see your posts, your updates, your podcast, your blog, and and I am cheer. You can't hear me, but I'm cheering you on. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. That's very kind. And we'll get together soon. Okay. That'd be awesome. All right. Well, everyone, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, there's a couple things I would love for you to do. Number one, would you subscribe to my show? That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed and it'll be ready when you are. And second, if the ministry's impacted you and stories like Lisa's have helped you, would you please help me to continue to reach others by leaving a review? When you do that, it really helps the podcast show up higher on the list in iTunes or Google Play. So you can click on the link as well in the description and you can give to support the show financially because we are a ministry and that's how we are able to continue to do these things. Now, one of the things that I've been mentioning in the last few podcasts is freedom coaching. And that's because I had someone reach out to me and say, I didn't know the other things your ministry was offering, but I heard about it on the podcast. So this is me letting you know that if you want to go after and live your best life, I am would love to talk with you about helping you coach you one-on-one. The thing God's put on my heart for this year is to advance and accelerate the kingdom of God. And I would love to partnership and have a partnership with you in that. You can go to jillmonaco.com to learn more. I think it's jillmonaco.com slash freedom coaching. So again, thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. You can learn more about Lisa and her website and ways that you can learn what she's up to in her podcast by visiting jillmonaco.com and visiting the podcast page. Just click on the show notes and you'll find all the links mentioned today. 
Thanks so much for tuning in today, my friends. I truly love you. And remember, love well. You were made for it.